Today's episode is sponsored by Alliance Leisure, the UK's leading leisure development specialist. Over the last 30 years, Alliance has worked with numerous local authorities to design and develop community sustainable leisure environments that encourage active lives, promote community cohesion, and tackle health inequalities. With a diverse portfolio of more than 220 leisure developments ranging from single site projects to multi-million pound complete leisure portfolio transformations, Alliance Leisure Services can be procured through the UK Leisure Framework. The framework is open to all public sector organisations in the UK. For more information, visit allianceleisure.co.uk. Welcome back to The Truth About Local Government. And today we're going to be talking about a topic which is getting a lot of exposure at the moment in the uh, the press and in the mainstream media, and that's about mental health. Uh, and importantly, about mental health and leadership. And um, Will Godfrey, who is coming on today, uh, Chief Executive of Bath and North East Somerset Council, um, before we even uh, begin with the conversation, I want to thank Will, firstly, for coming on the podcast, but also for his his bravery and um, his character shown in sharing what is a, a difficult topic to discuss, but a very important one that I think needs to get a significant amount more airtime. So before we begin, Will, thank you so much for coming on. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you. And it's good to, good to have the opportunity to, uh, to talk about it for sure. So if you can please give us a bit of a background context, this this kind of issue really came to light for yourself in the last couple of years, hasn't it? Yeah, so there's probably two two triggers for me, which, which yeah, absolutely brought it home to me. So probably this time last year, I, I sort of had a bit of a, I guess I would describe it as a bit, a bit of a burnout, really, in work in terms of just sort of feeling um, fairly overwhelmed by the sort of general sense of, I suppose I've been lead for quite a long time, and I guess um, a lot of that time I tended to probably internalise a lot of those sort of pressures. And this time last year, I just got to the stage where that felt as though um, that that become a um, something that was much more real for me in terms of what what the impact was having. So that was one trigger, and then um, the second trigger, which was probably more sort of profound in terms of why I've sort of thought about talking about where I am is that um, last August, my brother took his life. So that was 17th of August. I get a phone call to say my brother's been to visit my sister. My sister's gone out. Um, She's come back and she's found him. Um, So my brother hung himself, basically. and I hadn't seen my brother for a while, and that whole thing about you go through a process of thinking, it, could I have done something different? What you know, what sort of impact does that have on my sister, myself, my family, all of that sort of stuff? And certainly from my perspective, I thought quite hard about um, what I was what I was going to say to colleagues because it's a sort of you know. I had some time, I had a week off and I came back and it was like people saying to me, you know, what's happened? And I sort of said, my brother's died. He was he was 59. And I guess at that point I had a choice about actually, was I going to be really open about that and the circumstances? But also probably the, the impact it's definitely had on me in terms of just me thinking about, you know, what could I've done differently? All of those sort of things, and just thinking about the the whole the whole thing about when you actually say 
somebody's taken their life. I guess I've heard that in other contexts before, but when it happened, when it happens to you, it's a, it's a, it's you really sort of feel, I suppose, how profound that that is. So, so I took the decision fairly early on that I didn't want to sort of stigmatise my brother's death, but also I wanted to be, I wanted to be very honest with people about the fact that. You know, I, a, I I still have days when I find that a very difficult thing to process. And I have days when those thoughts about my brother probably um, are, you know, um, don't 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 overwhelm me as much, but they're certainly still there. And it definitely impacts my. It impacts sometimes, I guess, my thought processes during the day and my you know the way that I come to work in terms of actually today I'm probably feeling a bit better than other days but there are days when for sure it's still it still has a real impact on how I feel and what what I don't want people to to think is that I wanted to be really clear because actually I think it's important for people in my position to recognize the fact that you know what what happened to my family could have could happen to lots of other people's families and probably has happened to lots of people's families and you've got to recognize there's a human impact of that on all sorts of levels and and just try to reflect on that really well firstly well i think you know i'm really sorry that that happened to you and your family but what i think is a huge uh, demonstration of your character is the fact that you decided to to take what is a horrific situation and to try and drive some positives out from it and you know when i've spoken to your affair the passion that you have for this topic is is really infectious and it's also really really fantastic to see a leader like yourself um you know i hope you don't mind me saying this but you're a man um you know you, you know you, and and that can be hard sometimes why do you think it's so difficult for leaders to open up about how they're really feeling yeah so i think there's something very deeply embedded in in this whole thing about people have to sort of be fairly heroic about leadership and it's like if you show any any signs of sort of what people might perceive as being, I suppose, weakness, and maybe, maybe this is, maybe this says more about me. I don't know, but I think some, sometimes my sense is that if we, if leaders sort of are seen sometimes to to sort of show that level of, you know, what people might think is weakness, whatever, then perhaps perhaps they're fearful that actually that sort of undermines their ability to connect. Now I have actually found that. So one of the things I did was when world mental health day came round in october i did a i did a message out to the whole of the my colleagues in the organization and said this is what happened to me and i was trying to explain to them that actually what that did for me is grounded the importance of of actually tackling the issue of mental health particularly right particularly in men i think the, the statistics are i think most suicides are men over 40 i think that's, that's what it is so you know, particularly in men who who probably aren't the best at sharing some of those burdens, um, and and yeah, you know, I think there's a there's a general sense of if you're really open about some of those stuff, then maybe you show that vulnerability, and maybe leaders think that people can can exploit those vulnerabilities, and I think that's something that I'm really keen to try to, I suppose, challenge and get people to talk about a bit more openly. So how do we encourage leaders to open up? How do we challenge the stigma and potentially the perception problem that leaders, particularly male leaders, um, have with opening up and, and making sure that, that doesn't doesn't give a negative kind of connotation or some how perception of weakness? How do we challenge this? 
Um, I think you've just got to probably have some examples and hopefully, you know, me doing this is another sort of step in terms of doing that. And it, because, you know, the reality is, is I could have chosen not to say anything to anybody at work. And I could have chosen not to, you know, I've written about it in a couple of places and I could have chosen, I guess, not to not to do this. Now, from my perspective, it, you know, it is important that actually people in, in my position, other positions do come forward and say, look, there are times when I've genuinely struggled with with um, with what's happening. When I think about I first became a chief executive in 2003. Um, and it was much. It was much easier. It was difficult then, but actually the, the the sort of the pressures and the burdens. And I think it's it's that I think in every every walk of life and every sort of leader that I think I've listened to over the last sort of 10, 15 years, people people do say that I think leadership is harder. People's expectations are greater. The pressures that you've got in terms of dealing with finance, dealing with people's views about how you should do things are more difficult. And therefore, I think there's a greater sense of actually it's dangerous to come forward and say that, that I'm vulnerable. So I think, you know, for me, the first step is to recognise that actually as leaders, we're all, we're all human beings. I think one of the challenges that I've certainly seen over the time that, that I've been a chief executive is that people often see you as the, as the, they often associate you with the role as opposed to seeing you as a human being. So one of the, one of the most insightful things I ever did was I was a chief executive and then I went back to being a corporate director and then I went back to being a chief executive. And it was fascinating for me when I saw, when I'd been a chief executive, watching people talk to the chief executive and thinking, hmm, that's interesting. They're not talking to me in the same way they're talking to the chief executive. And you sort of, you sort of see those things. And I'm sure that happens in, in lots of organisations that, you know, understandably to a degree, there is that sort of sense of, actually people see you as the as the title so what i found interesting is that i when i sent that note out to to colleagues i probably had about 30 40 people respond to me sort of saying thank you for bringing that out into the out to the organizational sort of ether because there are other people in my organization i'm sure in other organizations who are really struggling with mental health and it feels to me like a like a something that is more um more prevalent now than it has been before and therefore probably even more important that people talk about it something it's, it's strange i mean I, i've struggled with my mental health for the majority of my adult life and i've got uh, a form of ocd called puro and it's something i very rarely i will happily talk to anybody about it because i think that transparency and consistency of message is really important to make people feel to normalize the conversation to make people feel that everybody has stuff going on so therefore you can still achieve and still be uh, ambitious um, and and still have to deal with the individuality of each of our brains and each of our minds and each of our lived experience but i think there is something so powerful about a leader setting the tone of an organization because it's bigger than just the individual and what you've done is bigger than you and what other leaders can do is more than just their immediate um their immediate actions in terms of what that does for them individually but it's what it does for the organization because i'm a strong believer of if people feel comfortable that people they respect and admire which tend to 90 percent of the time i appreciate we're in a very challenging world now where people do challenge more and it's more stressful but if they can see a leader saying look i'm not superhuman and, you know, it's also OK. But I think the other thing that's important to say with this is that it's also not a get out of jail free card. This is one of the things for me is that it's important to um, 
to to give people honest so that people can support properly but it's not something that can just be pulled out because I, so I do sometimes feel that that happens that people it's then used as i've got mental health conditions which i'm not saying that people don't but it should be something that we address proactively rather than it getting to a point of um uh, reactiveness and where you know yeah so, so so i'm that's absolutely right so i'm really really conscious and clear that i that i don't seek to use what's happened to me as an excuse for anything so if things go if things are going wrong in in the organization i'm not sitting here saying look today i don't feel particularly well because of xyz i think for me it is it is important as you say just to actually say that that everybody has different issues that, that they're dealing with um and and one of the things that i i talked to colleagues about and again this is the benefit of experience over a period of time i think one of the really interesting things is the higher higher that you go up in organizations and when you assume leadership um positions there's often an assumption that you know everything about everything and therefore you should be able to deal with everything and I also think there's a there's a there's a propensity sometimes for leaders to feel uncomfortable about going well I don't know about that or I need some help with that. And one of the things that I say to colleagues is actually what one of the things that I find um, makes people stand out is those people who are still prepared to ask for help. So if a leader isn't asking for help that 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 rings alarm bells in my head because actually how can somebody really know everything how can how can somebody address everything if you know what i mean and I, I, so i think the 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 ability to be to be humble enough to say i don't know actually about that and i'll go and find out and i'll and i'll try to do something about it is something that i look for in people Definitely. I think it's that level of emotional depth and awareness to go. Yeah, there's, there's, it's not necessarily ego, but it's just saying no one has all the answers. You know, no one knows everything. And I think it's being open to, like you said there, asking for help where you need it. Has opening up, uh, and I appreciate horrific circumstances, in terms of this opening process that you've gone through, has anything changed for you in terms of how now you work on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, in terms of or or anything that you've kind of learned which you wish you could tell yourself 20 years ago um yeah so i've definitely learned that um you know it's not it's not about quantity it's about quality right again i think when i look back and when i started i think i was much more um i was much more sort of attracted to the fact that a leader had to be there for like you know 10 hours a day whatever and you have to be the first person in and the last person out you know i just don't think that's right i think at the end of the day um what i what i think i i'm best at is adding value and value is not about quantity value is about what you learn what you listen to what you understand and what you can support and encourage other people to do so you know i'm i'm absolutely clear that one of the things I've absolutely done in the last year or so is found more space during every day to just sort of have some have some time time away. So I'd just go for a walk for 10 minutes just to sort of, you know, clear my head a little bit and just to think just to just to actually get a bit of air into some of those problems that might be floating around my head. Sometimes I find that just by going out and having a walk around makes me think about those things clearer 
than if I'm sort of still sat in front of a PC or sat sat in an office or doing something else. So, yeah, I've definitely learnt about myself in that and learnt how I need to manage myself to make sure that I can be better at what I do. And that's 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 a learning process for everybody. So what works for me might not work for other people, but I think I've tried very hard, particularly in the last 12, 18 months, to not think, not be so concerned about what other people might think I should be doing. Absolutely. I mean, for, for, for me, I always refer to it as managing the manageables. So each individual is on their own emotional um, journey in terms of their awareness of themselves and what makes them tick and what's good for them and what's not good for them. And it varies from individual to individual. But it's learning the managing the things that make you feel good. Um, and it's also it's one of those. It's like anything. It's like, you know, uh, you know, uh, IQ from an intelligence perspective, you know, your physical health, your endurance. You know, it's something that you have to you have to physically work at in order to get more aware of yourself. And, you know, in, in situations like yours, which are horrific, it kind of forces that to the forefront. But I think it's absolutely critical. Like you're saying there, people are having a proactive awareness as to you know, things to avoid with burnout, things to do about mental well-being, because it just means that, you know, without going back to the corporate machine, we've got people that are healthier, they're better, they're doing better work because they're, you know, they're in a better state of mind. Um, so it, 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 it also helps with that kind of longevity of of, of career and of, of purpose. My final question is around what advice would you give to a leader who wants to be more open, but maybe doesn't know where to start? Um, that's a good question. So I think, you know, I think you've just got to try to be honest with yourself, honest with other people. You know, what I recognise is that it's also what I what I talk about is also difficult to hear as well as sometimes difficult to say. And I think I think for me, it's just it's actually about recognising that when you take that step, um, people don't don't underestimate people's humanity. I think I think most of the people I've spoken to, you know, have have been really supportive and have really understood and have been more concerned about my welfare than they have been about making any judgments about me in terms of the position that I'm in, right? So I think, you know, I think broadly speaking, I think in those situations, I think people are very supportive. So it's not something I'd say people should be fearful of doing. And I think it's also important. I see lots of instances where leaders talk about their mental health issues after they've left. One of the things that I've been really clear about is I want to talk about it while I'm here, because actually it's dealing with it in real time, I think has more has more um, has more impact than dealing with it. If I was to leave this job and in three or four years time, say this is what happened to me, I actually think it wouldn't have had so much impact and it wouldn't have helped me as much. Oh, definitely definitely it's a an incredibly personal uh topic that affects everybody and will affect everybody at some point in their lives so which is why it's so important to to start having those conversations and start exploring yourself and exploring what you need to be well uh, as early as you can in your career and within your life and just want to thank you will for your honesty and openness to discuss which is a very difficult topic but also to give everyone at home if you're listening whether you're in a leadership position or whether you're not if you're in an organization opening up and being a leader can exist in successful individuals, successful leaders. It's not them to be shunned. It's not them to shy away from. I think in actual fact, it shows a strength and a bravery that in a modern society where mental health is becoming increasingly a focus point as a society, 
it's only going to become a greater strength and your image will only be better. So, Will, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It really has been a, um, I hope it doesn't come across the wrong way. So it's been a wonderful conversation on a very difficult topic and a very useful content for our listeners. Great. Thanks, Mark. You've been listening to the truth about local government. If you have uh, going through mental health issues, there are significant amounts of um, support networks that you can reach out to as part of, uh, again, on Samaritans, on the DCN, on there's a number of different websites. So please don't sit there alone in silence. Do reach out and ask for help. Um, and again, just thank you to our, our guest speaker, Will Godfrey, um, for coming on. If you've enjoyed it, as always, please do give it a like, give it a share. And I will look forward to bringing you more useful content to help improve your working life and your life at home in due course. Goodbye for now. Today's episode is sponsored by the UK Leisure Framework, the UK's only dedicated leisure framework. The UK Leisure Framework allows for the direct appointment of a development partner for scoping, design and construction of leisure centres and sports facilities. The framework is available to all UK public sector organisations and has completed over 100 projects to date. For more information, visit leisureframework.co.uk. Thank you.